0: And uh, I want to uh, talk about this morning something a little different than what we have been doing in the past, and that is uh, looking not at uh, the things that we have to remove, but the things that we need to be able to be successful in life. So today we want to finish this series by looking uh, from a different perspective that things that you must have in the bag of life. And so... uh, Many times we have to understand that there's only room for so much in the bag, right? And so that's the reason why we have to remove some things, so that we can make sure that what we need for the journey, uh, we will have. And so uh, today, I want to uh, look, uh, Wednesday night, we began to talk about Job, and we uh, discussed there how that Job's life uh, was a, a example to us of... Uh, trouble. It was an example to us of difficulty and trials that he went through in his life, but God brought him through because he had some things. and I want to look there this morning uh, at Job's life because the Bible says in Job chapter one that Job was blessed by God. He had uh, seven sons, three daughters. His possessions were seven thousand sheep, three thousand camel. 5,000 uh, yoke of oxen, 500 uh, female donkeys, and a very large house. And so this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. It doesn't say that he was one of the greatest, it says that he was the greatest in all of the East. And so uh, what the first thing that I want to real, us to realize today is if we're going to be successful and victorious in life, The first thing that we must have in our bag is to realize that God is always with you. Realize that God is always with you. Job knew that it was God that had given him everything that he had. He knew that if it had not been for God with him, he would never have the things that he had and he would not be blessed in such a manner. But as true to life, Job's story was not trouble-free. As the story of Job unfolds, it tells the story of riches to rags. It tells us that uh, there is difficult times even in the most blessed people's lives. Can you say amen? Amen. We must see the blessing of God was so great upon Job's life until people called him the wealthiest man in the east. But like a horror story and a perfect picture of how the enemy will always attack us, everything that Job's life was taken away, it was destroyed or stolen in just a short period of time. And we need to know that the enemy is a short scrimmage attacker. Amen. The enemy will attack you, but he is a short scrimmage attacker. He will attack you hard and he will attack everything all at once. He comes and it, it is meant to overwhelm you and to cause you to feel that everything is out of control in your life and that things will never change. The bad, story, the bad news started rolling in for Job. The thieves had come and stolen his oxen and his donkeys. That speaks to me of his ability to work. Lightning comes and kills his sheep. It talks about his income uh, as he would shear the sheep and sell the sheep that he would lose that income. The thieves come and steal the camels. All of this, one right after another, before one messenger can leave, another comes and tells him this bad news and this bad story. The last messenger would come and say, Job, a tornado has come through and it has destroyed your jo- your oldest son's home. They were all in there having a party and every one of them is dead. And I was the only one that escaped. Amen. We see how that the enemy comes and tries to overwhelm and makes us feel as though that God is not in control or that God does not love us or care about us. But in verse 22, it tells us that in all of this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Out of all of what was going on in his life, Job realized what you and I must realize. And that is, even though that bad things happen in our life, no matter if we're going through the good or through the bad, if it's good or if we're coming through blessing or coming through trouble, that God is always with us. Amen. The same God that was with him in the days of blessing and prosperity was the same God, even though the enemy was raging, that was in his life, even though it seemed like his life was a total wreck, God was still with him. Amen. And if you and I are going to make it through life, we must keep this understanding that even though the season of our life may change, no matter if it's going good or if it's going bad, God is still with me. Amen. The scripture says, Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Today I want to tell you that people may tell you that God has forsaken you. Amen. They said in the Old Testament that God has forsaken us. They talked about it and even named their child Ichabod, that the glory of the Lord has departed. But I tell you today that that's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God that we serve. The God that you and I serve is a God that promised us, I will never leave you. That doesn't mean if things are going good. The never of God is not like the never of people. The never of people means that if things are going good, if it doesn't get too bad, if it doesn't get too ugly, I'll be there for you. But God's never is never. It doesn't matter if the sun is shining. It doesn't matter if the storms are howling. It doesn't matter if the winds of the world are blowing. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God, I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. God will be with us today because He says He will never leave us. And He watches over His Word and hastens to perform it in our lives. Amen? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, so persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, things present or things to come, height or depth, are able to create or whatever may be created against us, is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. God will never leave you. Can you give him praise for that today? God is always with me. No matter what the circumstances may look like, God promised me He would never leave, and so He will be with me. Amen? The second thing that you must have in your bag of life is that you must always have worship. Sometimes we worship when we have things going our way. But God didn't say, Worship me Some of the time, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually or perpetually be in my mouth. So it's not just in the good, but it's all the time. Amen. The Bible says in Job chapter 1 and verse 20, Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped, and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, And naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Job realized that he had not lost anything that God had not given him. True worship does not come out of blessing, but rather comes out of brokenness. Amen. True worship does not come out of abundance. It comes out of not having anything. Amen. And whenever you don't have anything but God, you can still worship God. Amen. Your worship is cheap until it has been tested by fiery trials of life. The worth of China is determined by the amount of heat that it can endure without cracking. Gold is only deemed pure after it goes through the fire and all of the impurities are removed and through uh, adding heat to it. And your worship is cheap and of no value to God. If you cannot worship while you're going through the fire with the same passion that you worshipped him when you were on the mountaintop. You see, we've got to learn that it isn't about our circumstances. It isn't about what is around us that determines our worship. But Job said, just because my situation has changed has not changed the God of my life. And so therefore, I'm still going to worship Him. I want to tell you today, one thing I can promise you in life is that your situation will change. Amen. There will be good times and there will be bad Bad times There will be times that will come that you'll wonder where God is. And there'll be other times that you feel as though that He is right there beside of you, comforting you, leading you, and guiding you. But I want you to know today that the times that you feel so close to you and the passion that you will give Him worship and praise is the same kind of intensity and passion that you need to show even though you may not feel Him near you. Amen. Job said, whenever I can't trace him, I know I can trust him because he is God. And no matter where I go and what I do, amen, he is with me. And so therefore, even though I may not see his hand right now, even though I may not feel him right now, I know that he is working all things for my good. And so therefore I will bless the Lord. I will worship God. I would to god that we would come to that understanding in our relationship with him that it's not about amen how we feel it's not about our emotions it's not about if things are going our way or not but it's because that he is god all by himself that he is worthy to be lifted up and worthy to be praised in our lives amen see god the bible said god inhabits the praises of israel He inhabits the praises of his people. When Job heard all the bad news, he had to make a choice. Blame God, curse him, or trust him when you could not trace him. When Job made a choice to tear off his robe and shave his head and worship, Job locked God into his bad situation. And if you want God's help in bad times, worship Him at all times. I said, if you want God in the bad times, worship Him at all times. Amen. Because when you worship God, amen, He said He inhabits. It didn't say that He inhabits prayer. It didn't say He inhabits preaching. He didn't say why. Because God doesn't get nothing out of preaching. He knows His Word. And his word, amen, I can't say anything. The greatest orators of the earth cannot say anything that's going to impress God about his word because he is the word. But it is in worship that God gets something out of. It is in worship that God receives something. What does he receive? He receives from those that he redeemed from the curse of the law. He receives from those who know that he is good. He receives out of their heart, not out of their circumstances, not out of what's going on, but out of their heart. He receives worship. He receives praise. He receives adoration. And there isn't nobody that I know that doesn't like to hear their name call. Amen. David pulled on God whenever he would be out there and nobody else was around. But David would start saying, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. Don't you know that God bent over and and began to listen to what He was saying. He was pulled into David's circumstance and his situation. And whenever Job made the choice that I will worship God even though they slay me, even though the trouble has come. Even though that everything has been taken away from me, I know that my Redeemer lives and so therefore I will worship Him. I will bless His name. He pulled God into that situation and said, "All right, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know why this is going on, but one thing I know is I've got to keep you connected to me because I can't get out of this myself. My blessed God, I want to tell you whenever we go into difficult situations. It's no time to shut up. It's time to speak up and say, God, I just come to bless you. I come to worship you because I cannot do this on my own. I need your presence in the middle of this situation. Oh, come on and praise him this morning. You see, in the midst of bad situations, I must praise him. Amen. You must always have worship in your life. No matter if you understand what's going on, no matter the circumstances that are around you, you must always have worship in your heart. Worship doesn't come, as I said, out of the good that you get. Worship comes out of the difficulty that you have to walk through. People that haven't been through anything, they'll shout, dance, and holler, and run all over the church. And I ain't against any of that. I think you ought to do more of it. But if you can do that this Sunday, while things are good, you ought to be found doing it next Sunday when things are bad. Because it isn't about what's going on. It's about the God that we are serving is worthy of my worship. He is worthy of my praise. He is worthy to be lifted up. Amen. And so therefore, because He is worthy, I am going to bless Him at all times. I will worship Him. Amen. The third thing that you must have in your bag in life is honest prayer. Prayer. I was talking the other day and I told... Somebody, I said that 90% of the church's issues and people's issues in life could be resolved if people would do two things. Pray and read their Bible. Isn't that novel for Christians? Just pray and read your Bible and we would be able to solve many issues in our own life. By going into the presence of God and being honest before Him. Job chapter 3 in verse 25, it said, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me, and I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Job, like many of us, started out good. When trouble comes... And the days go by and the weeks go by. If we're not careful, our spirit man will become weary and we will begin to speak not out of our spirit, but out of our natural man. You have to understand that Job didn't have a Bible. Job didn't have a preacher. Job didn't have a worship leader. The only thing that Job was writing out of was his own relationship with God and his understanding of who God was. Amen? And as a result, you see this struggle, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but you see, Job started out, and he said, I'm going to worship God. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why all of this is happening, but one thing I know is that God is always with me, I know that I'm going to worship him. But then it comes to this place of honest prayer. And you begin to read that third chapter. And he said, you know, things like I've hoard the day that I was born. Why did God even allow me to live? Why did my mother even keep me in her womb? All of these things he was reciting and rehearsing in his mind. Amen. Why? Because of the trouble. Because days had went by. Weeks had went by. And his naturally began to speak out of his natural man and began to confess what the natural was feeling instead of what God had promised. Amen. Let me say there is a difference between what you speak. Life and death is in the tongue. So we speak the word of God. We speak his promises. Amen. No matter what the situation looks like, I speak the word of God over my situation. Amen. But when I come to the place of prayer, I speak to God of all of my feelings. All of my questions, all of my anxiety, all of my worry. You see, whenever you have things in life, you don't tell everybody your story. You have people that are in your most inner circle that you can talk to, and that's just a handful of people. You have people on the outer courts. Amen. And there's a few more that you have relationship with. And you can tell some of your story. And then there's the outer, the outer courts. That you just be cordial to them and kind to them. And the show them the love of Christ. But you don't let everybody into your life. I want to tell you that's the way it is. That whenever you go to God, you can tell Him things that you don't tell nobody else. You can declare to Him things, a man of God. I don't understand. You can be honest before Him. You can empty your soul. You can bear everything before God. You don't tell that to everybody. You don't tell that to other folk, but. You can bring it honestly before God, empty yourself, pour yourself out and say, God, here it is. And I don't understand it. It's not to say that God is not God. It's not to say that he is bad. It's only to say, God, these are the things I need help with. And I've got to be honest before you in this time of prayer. Amen. So when we pray, we bring it all to him. This is just between me and God. I can tell him how I feel. I can be open and honest before him. I can remind him of his promises and return his word back to him. And when I return his word back to him, it does not return void, but it accomplishes that where it has been sent. Whenever I give God back his word, it goes full circle and the word accomplishes in my life and in my circumstances what he desires for it to accomplish. And so I must be honest in times of prayer. If you won't be honest with yourself, you'll not be honest with anyone. If you can't be honest with God, then God cannot help you. Amen? David was honest with God. He said things like, Why have you left me? Where are you at? He would empty himself. Job did the same thing. He was saying, God, it isn't that I doubt that you're God. I just don't know why. Have you ever been there? Amen. One honest person. I ain't been able to figure this out. I don't know why it's going on in my life. But God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to seek your face. And I'm going to believe you to do for me what nobody else can do. And it is in that time of prayer and intercession that not only do we empty our soul, but we return His Word back to Him. And we confess the Word of God. Amen. Over our situation. Praise God. And when we do that, God moves in on our behalf. I can't tell you how that prayer works all together. Oh, we could go into theologi- theological discourse and all of those things, but I can tell you this, that whenever we pray with a heart that is honest before Him, and we believe His word enough to return it to Him. Amen. Those things that I cannot change. Those circumstances that are out of my control. Suddenly God begins to work in the affairs. And He begins to move. And He begins to orchestrate. And He begins to turn things around. And He begins to use what the enemy meant for my evil. Amen. He uses it for my good. He uses it like a boomerang. That what the enemy tried to take me out with. God uses to accelerate me and take me to my place of blessing. And so I'm thankful today, amen, that whenever I call upon His name in a sincere and open prayer before Him, that He moves in on my behalf. Amen. And the fourth thing that Job knew is this, and we must know this, we must know that your Redeemer lives. God's more than just a mystical story. God is more than just a history book. God is more than just another God that we have imagined or the figmentation of our minds that we have made up. It's more than a Spielberg story, but God is real. Amen. And Jesus has come as our Redeemer. Amen. And Job says in Job 19 and verse 25, he said, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for uh, for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Amen. Amen. When you read this story of of Job, like I said earlier, you see the struggle that Paul talks about in the New Testament. It's this struggle and a battle that is going on between our flesh and what our spirit man knows. What our flesh is feeling and what our spirit man knows. Job concludes, God, I don't know why all of this stuff is going on in my life, but what I do know is you're my redeemer and you live. Amen. And even though what I have gone through and everything that I have lost, no one can take my relationship with you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. Nobody can take our relationship. As Matt said earlier, it ought to be enough that our Redeemer lives. It, thank God, you know, we went through all of this in the kingdom of God about uh, stuff and, and thank God for stuff. It's all right to have stuff as long as stuff don't have you. But we went through this thing that that it's like that, you know, God's a slot machine and you give him a $1,000 and 10000 will come out and you get a new car and you get this and that. Well, thank God for all those things. I believe that God will be faithful to you. But let me tell you today that God is more than stuff. When all of your stuff is gone, like Job's was gone. When your house is gone. When your children are gone. Amen. When your car is gone. When your finances are gone. When your job is gone, if you've got him on your side, if he is living on the inside of you you've got more than enough to make a comeback baby, you've got more than enough to be victorious even though all of these things are gone, God is still with you and your redeemer does live and what's really important is not the carnal things, it's your spirit man and if your spirit man is alive then you've got more than enough to overcome every enemy that comes against you hallelujah come on and give him praise here this morning this is the thing that caused job to make a comeback he knew that his redeemer lived amen in other words even though everything else around him was dead the spirit of god inside of him was still alive hallelujah I want to tell you that if your spirit is broken, you'll never make a comeback. If you're broken in your spirit, if your relationship with God is severed, you'll never be able to make a comeback. But it doesn't matter what has been taken away, what is gone from your life, if you know that your Redeemer lives, if you know that you have a relationship with the God of the universe, I'm telling you that that spirit of God inside of you will cause you to rise up out of the boils in the ash heap of yesterday and calls you to step into your tomorrow and know that even though everything is gone, some way and somehow, God is going to return it for your good and for His glory. Amen. See, Job was speaking here and he says, my spirit knows, makes a statement, and he said, my spirit knows that my Redeemer lives. What's interesting to me is this. Job was speaking this hundreds of years before Jesus ever come on the scene. But out of his relationship, there wasn't even a prophet that would say there's a Messiah coming. It had not yet been written. But out of Job's relationship with God, he knew He had a redeemer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Out of that relationship, without a Bible, without a preacher, without a song being sung about it, out of his relationship with God, Job knew he had a redeemer. Amen? If Job can be that certain on this side of the cross that God is able, how much more Should we be able to believe that our Redeemer lives on this side of the cross? When Jesus has come, when Jesus has died, when Jesus has been buried and has risen again and ascended to the right hand of the Father God. How do you know, Pastor? Because even everything, when Jesus came, he changed everything. Even the calendar has been changed because Jesus came. Everything is BC before Christ or after death. We have a calendar today of 2012 after death. Amen. Jesus came to be our Redeemer and buy us back from sin sickness, disease, and the devil. Amen. Each and every one of us were held hostage by the enemy. Each and every one of us had been stolen by the devil. Amen. A man had relinquished the authority that God had given him in the earth. Amen. They had given up on God. But I want to tell you that God never gave up on us. And because that Father God wanted to have a family, He sent His only begotten Son. It wasn't plan B, but He created It from the foundations of the world that he would be the lamb that was slain, glory to God he would come and die upon a cross of Calvary so that I could have life and have it more abundantly so that whenever bad times came and it seemed like all was gone that he, I could say with Job I know that my redeemer does live, amen like Job, I could say even though that everything has been taken away everything has been burned up Everything is gone. I've still got Jesus. And if I've got Jesus, then I've got more than enough to overcome the trials in my life. Oh, come on and praise him this morning. The Bible said that Jesus came and bought us back. He paid the ransom price. We were held hostage by sin. We did not have access to God. Because sin had separated man from God. But when Jesus came, he changed it all. And he came that we could have life and have it more abundantly. He came to carry our sin and bear our grief. Jesus came and he took our hurt. He took our sickness, our infirmity, our disease and our sin And he carried it to the cross. He took our bitterness, our guilt, our shame, and our regret. And he nailed it to the cross with him. And whenever he was there, he came into the earth. And he became the light of the world. When he became the light of the world, they nailed the light of the world to the cross. And when they did... He bore our sins and He destroyed our regret. And because of that, no matter what is going on in my life, I can still stand in the dark season of my life and say, I know that God is with me. I am going to worship you at all times. God, I'm going to be honest with you in my time of prayer. And I know that my Redeemer lives. And because He lives, I can live also. Will you stand with me today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that you paid. Father, as we conclude this series today, I pray that you would help the Spirit of God to move in upon us and minister to us here today. I pray, Father God, that you would touch us as only you can. There's those here this morning, Father, that may be struggling in a season of their life, battling with the flesh and the spirit, man. I pray, God, that there be a breakthrough today. God, I pray, Father, for those who may be struggling with those things, those baggages of life. Let us be reminded here this morning that you came to Calvary so we didn't have to carry it anymore. But you took it to Calvary for us. You paid the price for us that we could enjoy life and have it more abundantly. Spirit of God, I pray that you would touch our hearts here this morning minister to us now by the power of your holy spirit i give you praise and thanks for it in jesus name